Welcome to Techlandia, a podcast about and for the technology industry, a place to learn, connect, and engage with leaders and thinkers involved in the technology industry. You can check us out at techoregon.org, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Techlandia, a podcast presented by the Technology Association of Oregon. This is episode one, season one. Our guest today is Michael McGeary, Chief Operating Officer at Allied for Startups. And your host today is Skip Newberry, President and CEO of Tau. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I'm excited today to have Mike McGeary with Allied for Startups with us today on Techlandia podcast. And he's uh, got a front row seat, as does this organization that he's working with um, as it relates to regulation in Europe and the United States. And so we're excited to talk about some of the latest cutting edge issues ranging from AI to data privacy. And Mike, excited to have you with us. Uh, do you want to maybe start by sharing a little bit about your background? And then we can also hear a little bit more about Allied for Startups. Sure. Thanks, Skip. And it's it's always great to have time to speak with you. And, and thanks so much for the invitation to do this. So uh, Allied for Startups is a global convening organization of startup ecosystem development organizations at the national and regional level, uh, right on down to the local level um, around the world. We've got almost 50 members on, uh, we're up to four continents um, as soon as we can get some penguin startups going. Antarctica is next on our uh, agenda. But what we do is uh, bring folks together just as we did um, earlier this month in Brussels uh, for uh, events where we can share best practices for uh, organizations that are building startups uh, within their home communities, try to leverage some of their collective energy towards better policy, and figure out ways where we can uh, build uh, linkages between different communities as well, so that we're creating a real sort of hub and spoke kind of network um, of different nodes of startup growth um, in, in places all around the world. Uh, I've been involved with the organization for the past nine years, but I just came on as uh, our chief operating officer back in January, but I've, I've been involved uh, as a board member through my affiliations through technology policy. Uh, and what I really um, am proudest of with this organization is just how, as you said, we've had a front row seat to a lot of these emerging policy debates over the last decade or so. But more than that, um, committing to what we, one, one major part of our mission, which is for uh, bringing startups closer to government and vice versa, because as we like to tell our startup members and, and ecosystem developers, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And part of that for us is we know that we can make better policy and help startups thrive and help these ecosystems develop by getting the perspective of young, high growth technology based uh, companies uh, into some of these more, um, you know, into these policy debates all around the world so that their voices are being heard, their perspectives are being lent. That's going to make policy stronger. So you're not just always hearing from 
the lobbyists of of uh, of the of the day and and the companies you always hear from, you're hearing from practitioners who are building right now today and saying, these are my pain points, these are my growth opportunities. Help me, government, maximize both of them, whether that's you know in, on the international level, national, local, federal, state, etc. We feel like we've had a real impact on a range of issues, and and I'm happy to say that we're continuing to to build internationally to keep doing that. That's great. You know, um, you've got a long long history working uh, at the intersection of technology and policy, specifically with startups. And as you know, and I know, uh, startup founders often don't have a lot of uh, time on their hands. So I was thinking. How, in your experience with Allied for Startups, do you all work with folks who don't have a lot of time but may want to engage in some way in in the political process and have their voices heard? I'm wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about some of the approach that Allied takes as it relates to maximizing the time of startup founders efficiently to make sure that they're getting the biggest impact for the time that they commit to these efforts. Well, to be perfectly honest with you, the, the idea of maximizing the time for practitioners and founders and startup builders is embedded in the DNA of the organization in terms of how we want to operate. Um, it's why we work principally with the development, uh, e- local ecosystem development organizations as well, so that we're always reaching into the most up-to-date pool of great stories and narratives and products and services that are being built in some of these areas and being able to connect them very readily to, to government. Tactically and practically for us, what that means is how do we get the chorus of voices together quickly by watching these, these issues as they develop? As you mentioned, AI and data privacy, but also looking at things like the, the Digital Services and Digital Marketplaces Act, uh, GDPR, things like that that have been built, especially in Europe, um, processes around transatlantic data flows, we're minding the store on that. We're, we've got a dedicated policy group that's out there every day, looking, listening, learning, and then synthesizing it back to these ecosystem developers so that when the time comes, we've got bite-sized sort of ready-for-action uh, tasks that we can hand off, whether it's sign this letter, take this 30-minute meeting, do a two-and-a-half-minute video over here explaining your business and what you do so that we can put that in front of, um, you know, a, a, a government stakeholder, et cetera. Um, but all of it is, it comes from this root notion, exactly as you say, these are not people with lots of time on their hands. And these are not people who are very generally facile with the policy process. I've, I've for a long time in my career, said, you know, government is necessarily deliberative. And that is not something that washes very well with the startup community. You know, that that doesn't, that does not um, really mesh with, you know, we've, we've got to pursue growth and we've got to scale and this, that, and the other. Government is saying, let us take a look at the whole situation. What we're trying to do is make sure that they do get a full picture of what they're um, seeking first to regulate, as is often the case. Um, and saying, if you don't listen to these founders, these entrepreneurs, these investors, these practitioners, these ecosystem developers, 
what you're going to end up with is regulatory capture at the top for established businesses and incumbents. And you're going to lock out growth potential at the bottom of people that are building right now today. And in some cases, building the types of businesses that can grow to become those large scale incumbents or become, you know, part of existing companies through arbitrage or what have you. But you're going to cut that innovation off at the knees if you're not bringing these perspectives to the table. So our role in this is make sure we understand these policy debates as they're maturing and make sure that we can efficiently reach out to our community, task them appropriately, and get those stories in front of people making decisions you know, as fast as possible. Those are so many great points in, in, uh, in there, Mike. Uh, one thing I just wanted to highlight was just and emphasize is the importance, as, as you alluded to, of making sure that you're contributing to and helping to shape and influence the regulatory process as a startup. It can seem daunting. It can seem like it takes forever. But even if you're only able to participate occasionally or once even, that makes a difference. And even though the legislative process is deliberative and government works in a, in a deliberative fashion, that doesn't mean that it's still not possible to make an impact and to have your voice contribute to a larger campaign or series of engagements that many startups are contributing to all in their own way. And I think that's worth mentioning because I see it at the state and local levels where oftentimes a startup founder will say, I've got 15 things I need to do yesterday and I just don't have time. But it's important, as you mentioned, uh, to have your voice heard and to contribute to this process. I'll, I'll also mention that there's something interesting too about um, you know some of the ways in which technology is being applied to solve some really big thorny problems. And as technology has continued to proliferate and, and grow in importance impacting all of our lives on a daily basis, it's come under greater regulatory scrutiny. So on the flip side, or on one side, that's great because technology is um, you know, solving some of our biggest problems, and it's um, it's it's now helping to you know tackle things like climate and improve people's health. But also, um, thinking about some of the things that on the other side of that could be negative consequences. And so, regulators, because of the importance of technology, are starting to focus in more so on both positive and negative consequences. And so. Eight, 10 years ago, we probably didn't see quite as much uh, attention being paid to technology from a regulatory standpoint. And that is that is obviously changing quite a bit. And what I wanted to shift to here is a little bit more of a focus around what are you seeing in Europe? Because Europe's been kind of at the forefront from a regulatory standpoint, especially around things like consumer data privacy as it relates to GDPR. And then what, what are some of the things that you see along the lines of what happened with data privacy that could be instructive as the United States starts to look at, well, what about AI? Yeah, I, mean, I, I look at AI and I think most um, uh, government stakeholders on either side of the Atlantic are looking at AI in this way of this is the biggest, most consequential policy challenge around technology, probably since the consumerization of the internet, right? Like going back to, in the US, the days of 94, 95, and uh, the Communications Act, uh, Communications Decency Act, um, when, when that was passed, right? Like we have 
both the biggest opportunity um, around the the use of AI, as well as I think a real regulatory challenge in terms of how do you put appropriate guardrails around something that hasn't been fully fleshed out yet in a way that allows for it to grow in a safe and responsible fashion. And I think you're looking at that from two different lenses right now. On the, on the U.S. side, um, you know, I think we're encouraged by how Senator Schumer, Leader Schumer, and, um, uh, and congressional leadership, especially on the Senate side, have been taking this deliberative approach of bringing in stakeholders. Um, I will state for the record that having more younger companies and more uh, voices building at the forefront of that debate at the bleeding edge will, will be good as this goes on. Um, but, you know, how, just in the in the few months since uh, Leader Schumer kicked off uh, this process working across the aisle in the Senate, you know, this is something where the U.S. is, is rightfully looking to find the right sized approach here. Um, but that is happening in tandem with a process that's much further along in Europe. We do a lot of work in Europe um, at, with Allied for Startups because it has been, as you noted, Skip, um, the predominant venue, especially in the last seven, eight years, for globally um, enforceable and important policy maneuvering as regards technology, the biggest of which obviously has been GDPR. And I think one of the things that we've learned from that process, first and foremost, is that when Europe, the European Union stuck its, you know, planted a flag on GDPR and says, we want to make this sort of a global regime. I think a lot of jurisdictions originally met that with skepticism, but gradually business interests as well as other um, uh, jurisdictions have sort of gone along with it with the CCPA in California, which, well, not a carbon copy of, of GDPR, um, certainly, you know, bears a, a striking resemblance to it in a lot of ways, but with updates for that, for that transatlantic push. So where we're at on AI is I think we're the, you know, the, the Western democratic liberal order is saying, okay, Europe is going to stake a position on this. Let's see where they sort of net out end up and we'll follow along with ours, whether that's in the U S whether that's throughout the Commonwealth in, in countries around the world, you know, I was just down in Australia um, who are also poking their heads in, in, into this and thinking, you know, where can we have, um, you know, some impact on this debate because our market is, is different. But that is also cast against what's happening um, principally in China, where a lot of these uh, technologies are you know, being created either in parallel or, or some of the underlying technology is being leveraged to create it you know, globally, um, and how that you know, regulatory apparatus is also going to react. And is there an opportunity for global harmonization on some key themes, or is it going to be a parallel process that becomes divergent? Um, all of this is to say that what we, I think, as practitioners, as founders, entrepreneurs, um, need to do is everything we can to surface the stories of why we're building what we're building, why our products and services are, are the way they are, what our goals are from that, what the intended purpose of this is. And this is actually key in the European process, where some of the unintended uh, purpose or consequence of building some of these products might be, 
this has been a big piece of the debate in Europe as we go into um, a next set of what they call trilogues, which are the sort of in the U.S. we might call a conference committee on this. How do we or should we be regulating general purpose AI, not knowing where it could go in the near term or in the far future? Um, and the, the startup answer on this, we just released a letter on this today. The startup answer on this that we're hearing from our members is no, don't give us room to run here and understand that there will be unintended consequences. And there's also un, uh, you know, unforeseen opportunities. We'll meet that moment as we go. Give us a framework that can allow us to build without over-regulating to certain issues. This is where privacy and, and AI are, are divergent, right? Privacy, we have, you know, established sort of norms and themes over the last, you know, 25, 30 years of, of, uh, of the consumer, the consumer web and, and internet and applications and so on um, uh, from a consumer perspective and, and, and from an enterprise perspective as well and how that interaction happens with, with consumers. AI is much more A, fragmented and B, still growing in a way that I don't think, and I think a lot of startups feel like you can't adequately say at a moment in time in 2023, this is what we mean to do forever. It's got to continue to be iterative. But Europe and the but the European Union is doing is setting that first, planting that first flag again in a way where I think countries around the world and jurisdictions around the world can look at it and say, okay, there's a lot that we can work with here. How do we advance the dialogue next? How does this continue to grow iteratively over time? All while respecting, you know, the, 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 um, the opportunities ahead of us in terms of the growth that we see and understanding that we don't know what we don't know. Striking that balance from a regulatory standpoint is going to be so important. I'm wondering if if you're seeing some areas that um, some of the startups you've been working with in Europe have identified as areas where they think that either regulation could be helpful or hurtful. Primarily what we're finding with uh, startups that we're hearing from and from ecosystem developers is the answer to that is yes and come back to us later in a lot of ways. Um, they know that that the regulatory barriers are going to come and some of them are going to be worthwhile. There was a long debate in the parliamentary process in the EU around what constitutes sort of acceptable versus high risk and which types of verticals uh, would fit in there. And the biggest ones were around uh, labor and 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 legal ca uh, categories, right? This was, you know, where, where does AI, um, where is it useful and where could it potentially be harmful? And what is the risk tolerance here? This was the, uh, from, from my chair, this was one of the bigger parts of the, the debate. What the US and other jurisdictions can learn from that is to say, okay, we don't have to necessarily have that very specific debate anymore. If Europe's going to set a standard, we can say, you know, we can we can have variations on that theme as is appropriate for our local jurisdiction. Um, but they don't have to go through and be, you know, totally bogged down by that as the EU debate was for realistically months. Um, and 
there's also no way to ensure you're ever going to get it right. So what we're hearing from startups is saying, okay, great. We understand that there are going to be, you know, a variety of different, you know, risk analyses here and that there are some things that are primarily, you know, unacceptable uses for AI, but give us a sandbox that we can work this out in. Don't just shut off the ability to build in certain areas because on this day, at this time, in this debate, this was seen as too risky to go in when it was realistically a debate and right on the line. Give us a uh, an opportunity to build here and show um, where we can potentially de-risk some of these. Give us appropriate guardrails to know like how far we can go in one direction or the other in terms of building a product but don't just shut it off um, as as a as a reaction to a political debate. So, uh, in that way, the risk analysis and then the opening up of general purpose AI are two areas where, you know, especially startups in Europe that are that are facing this right now are saying you've got to make it easy enough for us to navigate in the short term so that we can actually prove out where the risk tolerance should be as much as possible, as opposed to just making a decision in a back room somewhere. And uh, the good news there on the US side is, again, they're going through all of this, we can take a look at that debate and match it to where we are um, in terms of building and, and, and the need for innovation and growth um, in ecosystems all around the country, and say, you know, let let's, let's, do this more in more of a sandboxed fashion as opposed to a top-down, um, you know, regulatory stamp right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with with consumer data privacy, we saw more of a hands-off approach by the U.S. government, leaving it to the states is sort of the uh, the laboratories of invention, as it were, to try and figure out what what regulation made sense. And I would have to say that. The handful of states that were early out of the gate following California thought to largely try to improve upon whether it was definitional ambiguity in the California uh, legislation or <clears throat> improve upon some of the areas in California that resulted in lawsuits or uh, some unintended consequences. And so it was more of this iterative approach. Do you see something like that unfolding in the US um, in contrast to Europe, which essentially had more of a hey, this is the approach we're taking at more of a federal level. And in the US with Schumer saying, hey, we're at least having conversations in Congress. Do you feel like there is a chance that the US government could set forth more than just some general established principles or standards um, and, and move to more of a, a, a heavier handed approach with AI? I think that the one thing we know for sure about AI is that you might get you might get it right the first time, but it's not going to be the last time you're regulating on this, no matter what you do, right? Like AI is such an all-encompassing um, policy uh, quandary for so many different business verticals, walks of life, just daily sort of um, vision on how we move forward as a global society. Um, Again, going back to the idea that that this is the biggest move uh, on on the intersection of policy and technology, you know, in in thirty plus years, um, that 
I think the iterative approach here leads to potential of, to your point, Skip, that there could be some more heavy-handed tactics here, that at some point we may run into an issue where it's like, we've got to regulate this now, whatever this piece of it is. But on the whole, bringing in as many stakeholders from a wide variety of backgrounds as possible and understanding the breadth of what this could mean across the board um, presents the opportunity to do this as you know, a step-by-step managed process as much as possible, which could hopefully, you know, when, when done with care, lead to better outcomes. And some of that could be, you know, at the federal level, some of it could be um, looking at things more locally and, and, and at the state level, depending on what types of industries are leveraging these technologies to build what types of products. Um, and this is the part where I make a big pitch to join organizations like TAO, uh, because you're, you know, you talk about the laboratories of democracy in, in some cases at the state level, but on these big thorny issues, there's going to be a lot of daylight for, uh, states and even, you know, so I think some municipalities that have large growing industries that are leveraging AI to, to say, hold on, you know, we see the benefit of some of this and we're going to, um, and, and we're going to try to codify, you know, the, the support structures needed to help it grow. Or conversely, we see this as a real potential threat to our community and we've got to take action against it. I don't want to paint, paint a totally rosy picture here. Like, unfortunately, I think we're going to end up playing defense on a lot of, on a lot of these issues, um, at all levels of government, uh, because of fear of the unknown at a certain point, but all of that is imperative on having, you know, the, the, um, information network through an organization like TAO on the ground, working in tandem with legislators and, and, and other, you know, key government stakeholders to say, hold on, you, ha- you need to bring in the perspective of these companies to understand good, bad, or indifferent what the effect of a policy change like this is going to be. Like you can be that link in the chain. Where Allied for Startups comes in is to say, let's look at these situations on the ground in, in some of these individual jurisdictions and build towards that federal policy making, whether it's on AI. And you bring up, you keep bringing up data privacy. I'll note that we still don't have any workable federal solutions in the United States on data privacy and it shows and it's lacking and that needs to be built from the ground up again as well. So there's another one where, you know, we're, we're going to need the input of, of founders and entrepreneurs um, to keep surfacing that and moving that forward at the same time, wherever we can, but it's imperative on building from the grassroots level right on up and injecting these narratives, these stories, of the possibilities, not just um, the economic possibility of of growth that is coming from some of these companies, but the real true community impact, um, whether that's locally, nationally, internationally, what have you, of some of these technologies and their application being built right at home to help make better policy. So to me, there's no better time as an entrepreneur to join organizations like yours and mine um, and be part of telling that story in bite-sized ways that helps move the needle. That's a great point. The multi-pronged approach where 
startups making sure their voices are heard at the state and local levels from an educational standpoint, helping to better inform policymakers about the impacts of certain types of, you know, regulatory pathways forward and what those what those impacts could be on small, nascent, innovative companies. But to your point, there's also the the importance of, you know, making sure that voices are heard too at the federal level. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, an approach that makes sure that we've covered all of our bases um, as a startup community. And to your point, too, about the complexity of AI, you mentioned in particular some of the verticals and industry segments that are impacted by this being very pervasive, which is true. There's also, I think, a need for a diversity of different types of startups working on a variety of different aspects of the entire technology stack supporting AI. So, for example, the compute layer, applications, the data piece of it, and as you alluded to, that is still a very patchwork sort of um, uh, state of play as it relates to state regulation uh, when it comes to data. So a lot more work to be done there. Um, I, I think all of those things are, are um, worth highlighting and, and emphasizing further. And as you mentioned as well, um, you know, getting involved with local regional tech associations is important and also with organizations that are operating at the, the federal and in the case of uh, Allied for Startups, you have the added benefit of um, of operating kind of at the, the, the supranational as well, you know, with a, a view into what's going on in Europe as well as the U.S. Um, anything as we as we kind of wind down here that um, you'd like to emphasize for our audience is, is sort of a takeaway. If there's one point I want to leave people with, it's that, as I was saying, there, there's no better time to get involved than now. I, I've had lots of conversations with legislators, and Skip, I know you've you've had them as well, um, in, in you know in the last decade plus that that we've been doing this, where what you hear so often is, "Don't make me the legislator call you the entrepreneur when I need to." Establish that relationship, and it, and that comes with you know, working together in these, whether it's a community-based organization to, to sort of band together on um, ecosystem development, but right on up, as, as you say, to the national, you know, regional and, and even supranational level, um, get involved, get your voice heard, tell your story where, where you can um, work with these groups to help refine ways to make it as efficient and easy to do as possible. So you can get back to building your product. If you're an entrepreneur, um, if you're an investor, you know, tell the story of, of your theory of the case of, of why you're investing in certain technologies more than others and what you're seeing in the market as well. Um, and do that even when the question's not being asked, right? Like go out and, and, and really push these narratives out there so that when the time comes and when the, when the regulation comes, cause it's coming, um, that's, that's what government does they have the stories in the back of their mind to draw on, right? They have the resources and the tools to say, Hey, you know, the last time I was home, uh, for district work week, I went and visited this startup in, in Southeast Portland and, you know, they're working on X, Y, or Z, you know, have we thought of that with this hearing coming up with, uh, uh, on AI that, that they might be able to, um, help us in some way. Like, why don't, why don't I give that guy a call that, that gal a call? That's the kind of stuff that, is worth every penny 
And if you can just spend, you know, 30 minutes every once in a while um, doing that kind of stuff, the impact you can have to your bottom line as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, um, you won't measure it in the immediate afterglow, but you'll measure it over the long history of your your the growth path of your company, of your product, of your service. So get involved, find ways to do that. TAO is a great one. We've got Engine at the national level. They're a member of ours. Uh, I'm proudly a, an alumnus of them as well, having helped get them started a few years back. Um, yeah, but whoever's leading these engagements in your local area, wherever you are, um, reach out, let them know like, hey, I'm building this. Would someone be interested? Um, I, I know you and I, Skip, would both be thankful for more calls like that because um, we've got plenty of ways to tell those stories. But as much as you can, that's what you do. It's going to shape better policy. Be at the table, not on the menu. Well said, Mike. Thanks again for taking some time to, to share your insights with us. Always appreciate it. Uh, love uh, love chatting with you and and uh, hearing your perspective on that intersection between technology and, and policy. And there's a lot going on right now. So look forward to hopefully continuing these conversations on a wide variety of topics going forward. And uh, thank you again to, to Tim Winter as well at TAO, our, um, our podcast maestro. Uh, so thanks again, everyone for joining us and hope you enjoyed this, uh, this edition of Techlandia. Landia.